Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Mike Smith, I keep falling for it, and I need you to tell me, I need you to set me straight how I should have known better. How I should have known, Mike Smith, that our impeached president, uh, a guy who lies, according to the Washington Post, at lost track in July, but uh, according to the Washington Post, lies every hour of the day. That's false and misleading statements every hour of the day over a 14th month, month period. That's 20,000 <laughs> 20, false or misleading statements. That was as of July, but we stopped counting. I should have known that our impeached president would not take this debate, uh, supposed debate, alleged debate, seriously last night. I should have known, but yet, I had a terrible night of sleep. I was mad, I went to bed mad. I woke up mad at what I saw last night. You set me straight, Mike, and tell me how I should have known better. Well, let's start with the D word, because I, I feel like it does a disservice to the art and the skill of debate. That was the worst display of human communication, maybe in the history of, communi of communication. Since human beings started talking to each other, I have a hard time believing that something uh, you know, so significant in our society uh, went so poorly. But I'm not going to say it went off the rails, Michael. It, it, it went off as scheduled, as planned, as scripted, because it was consistent with Donald Trump's presidency. Uh, he's an agent of chaos. And, you know, people often, what frustrates me is people give him too much credit and, and too much, uh, you know, too much respect for having a strategy. I don't know that he has a strategy. I thought what you saw last night was a typical bully who's more interested in barking than actually battling. And you saw somebody who, who knows he's losing and is desperate. So when you're losing, get louder. You know, when you're desperate, derail. And he wasn't actually interested in debating. That was every bit the debacle that his entire presidency has been. I'll tell you what, he is right about one thing. Here's where he tells truth. When he says, I have done more in four years than any president before me, he's right. More awful things, more unfortunate things, uh, more destructive, more divisive. He, he, he has fit, he has been super productive if you want to look at it in that way. He has fit so many mistakes in, you know, into four years. He's made a lot of his four years. I will give him that. And what's scary, Michael, is that last night was a precursor because you know he is going to turn up for these next 30, 35 days and beyond. We, we are this, this Trump and Trumpism, Michael, is a virus. It's, it's, it's a virus that we're not going to get rid of with the vaccine that is voting. It's here to stay for a little while longer beyond the election. Well, and if he does, if you, as you say, 
if he does turn up in the next 30, 35 days, that's okay. More than we'll usual. get to that. We'll get to that. We'll get to that in a second. But I, I just want to ask you this. I want to ask you a couple of things uh, about Donald Trump. One, who does he exactly, what, what about America does Donald Trump actually love? He keeps talking about people who hate this country and they say and they know terrible things about this country. What does Donald Trump love about the United States of America? Does he, does he love its military? Does, does he love those who have sacrificed their, sacrificed their lives for it? He makes fun of John McCain and has gone on record many times of saying, hey, I like prisoners of war who don't get caught. Or I like soldiers who don't get caught. So he doesn't like its military. Does he like its allies and the agreements uh, and treaties that have put, been, in, put in, uh, been put in place with our allies? No, no. He doesn't like that either. Does he like U.S. women? No. We know what the, what the allegations are out there. There are, there are as many allegations as there are lies and false and misleading statements made by Donald Trump. Does he love his history, Mike? And when he, he came out with that 17, right. When he came out with that 1776 commission, how he was gonna establish that to kind of undermine the 1619 project. So he quotes, this is just, I mean, you can't make this stuff up. He quotes, Martin Luther King, in that statement, from a speech in which Martin Luther King was talking about the racism in the United States of America. Furthermore, at that speech, the March on Washington, you know who was there? John Lewis. So instead of quoting Martin Luther King, who, who died many years ago, John Lewis died this year. But when he died, you don't even acknowledge the sacrifice and the, and the honorable life, the good trouble that John Lewis got into. What exactly does oh, he love man, about the on. United States of America? Does he love the tax laws? Does he love the laws? <laughs> yeah, does he well, love the that, media, that, the fourth estate? What does yeah. he love about America? Yeah. So no, stop talking listen, about other people. The answer is nothing because, you know, we'll talk about Chris Wallace. Um, in a second. But Chris Wallace, uh, when he tried to, to gain control of this debacle, uh, he said the country would be better served when, you know, if you guys stopped interrupting each other and, and followed the rules you agreed to. Actually, of course, the country would be better served by another president. The country would be better served by, to your point, Michael, an actual public servant. You know, like he's not he wasn't there last night and he hasn't been in this position to serve anybody but himself. We know that now, uh, you know, this was this was a business play for him. This was to further his brand. Uh, you know, I've said it a million times. He doesn't want to be the president. He doesn't, he doesn't want the job. He wants the, the position and the prestige that comes with it. Um, and I, and I, can I go back to what happened today? I want to I want to talk about today because it wasn't that long ago when the uh, the commission on presidential debates put out a statement uh, and it acknowledged that last night's debate made clear that additional structure should be added to the format uh, to ensure more orderly discussion of the issues. They'll carefully consider changes to adopt and announce those changes shortly. So there are two more scheduled quote unquote debates. Uh, I could do without them, but I was thinking, Michael, for national security reasons, for, for uh, homeland security reasons, uh, it would be in the country's best interest to not have these debates and not give Donald Trump uh, the domestic threat, the domestic terrorist that is Donald Trump, who just so happens to also occupy the White House. 
it would be in the country's best interest for safety reasons to not give him that debate stage, to not give him any more of a platform or a megaphone than he already has to use to incite violence, to make calls to action to white supremacist extremist groups, um, to spew all the lies you just alluded to. Uh, right. It's in our best interest to not participate in this mockery that he continues to make of our democracy. You know, it's interesting that you put it that way, um, because I agree, I agree with part of what you said. I agree that we are less safe. We, we are, we, listen, we've, we've, been, we've, been, uh, we've been vulnerable since he took office. But last night is just a reminder. You know how, like, sometimes you're in trouble and then you distract yourself with uh, the, the, the mundane things of life. So you just kind of forget what's going on. We all do it. Uh, as we go about our lives and we just we don't really focus on how vulnerable we actually are seeing that last night and knowing that's your president and how 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 callous he is how disrespectful he is how uninformed he is on many things to know that that is the president of the United States is absolutely frightening so yes it is uh it puts you, it, it, you, you feel the fragility of this moment when Donald Trump is talking like that. But this is why I disagree with you, Mike, on, on, on doing these two other debates. Okay. I think we need to do, I think we need to do them because sometimes protest can spur you to action. You'll see something unjust happen, and we've seen it in 2020. Uh, worldwide uh, protest over George Floyd, over Breonna Taylor. There's an injustice, and in you you take to the streets because you say this is not this is not right. This should not be. For me, last night, Donald Trump speaking, Donald Trump doing what he was doing, it just makes me it 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 makes me even more uh, resolute and more determined to be involved in a political uh, process, to be invested in a political process, not just me, but everybody around me. So can I, can I, I ask you, you something respectfully? Could, could, yes, respectfully. Why was It's not respectful, why but go was ahead. Yes, no, 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 I don't mean, no, 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 I'm, I'm serious. I, I, I mean, because right. you've always been engaged, involved, and committed, and, and passionate about issues affecting your fellow man. So no, I, this, that's not a, that's not a, no disrespect, but that wasn't, no, I was that saying, wasn't I, a preference I was going with your, your usual comment where you say, respectfully, and then you turn around. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I got, yeah, exactly. I, I know yeah. what you call, but no, I, I'm, I'm serious when I ask, why was yesterday for you different than any other day? Because that was nothing but a continuation of the last three plus years. You know, the only difference was the setting. The only difference was the circumstances. But, you know, he showed himself uh, to be who he is time and time again. What about you last night surprised you? Did you expect anything different from Donald Trump? Did you expect him to yes. be civil? Did you expect him to be respectful? Did you expect him to, him to actually engage in thoughtful, substantive discussion? I expect everything I, he did is exactly what I expected. The only difference was. Yes, but he didn't I, do it like I, that. He didn't do it. Now, he's always been all the things that you said about him, you know, being a bully and a guy who doesn't really want the job, but wants the position and the profile. Yeah, you're right. He didn't do it like that in 2016. He was not like that. He did not debate Hillary Clinton, she, who he did not. He didn't. He didn't do it like this, because if he had. Um, you know, I got a terrible here. memory, but say that again. It, 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 if he had, we wouldn't be sitting here talking about, oh, what an abomination this was. And I know he has lied mm -hmm. in debates before. He has done it, but he didn't do it 
quite like this. Michael, I didn't say he was. Michael, listen, I, I'm I, the one between us with the terrible memory. I'm the one between us with the terrible memory. He was every bit as like disgraceful. This. He was probably worse because he was going at a woman, and you know how he goes against women. I, I know that. You know, know how that, he goes against. He's probably worse in many respects. I, I think see, I, I would the, say the, the difference, difference is, is the mood of the country has slightly shifted. Of course, he still has support his supporters, but more and more people are fatigued by his thing. What I thought you were going to say, Michael, was if he had acted out like that in 2016, people wouldn't have voted for him and we wouldn't have been here. But we knew no, no. that's why it wasn't a surprise last night. We knew what he was long before 2016. We knew what he was in the, in the, in the campaign of 2016. He's shown himself to be the same thing in the three plus years since. And last night was just Donald Trump being Donald Trump. So, no, well, I have in, I fundamentally in disagree 2016, that he was different though, last night than he was before. In 2016, he had some things he wanted to say. So there were some things he wanted to get out. I think that that's the difference. He wanted to talk about uh, immigration, how he was against it. He wanted to talk about his little shot. He, he came out, he came down the escalator talking about Mexicans as rapists. His entire campaign was built on racism. But my, my point is not that he was not... I'm not trying to suggest that he was saying anything good in 2016, mm -hmm. but at least he was saying it. He had a message that he wanted to get out. I'm not sure he really wanted to get out a message last night. His agenda no. from the start was to come in and disrupt everything. Yes. Uh, okay, well, you're example. talking about strategy, Michael. You're talking about, you're talking about his approach. So you're specifically talking about his approach or lack thereof. I'm not talking about to... his content. His content is always I got you. Okay, I got you. I got you. You just, yeah, because he but immediately least, came out. He just wanted to fight. He wanted to fight last it, night. I got you. Yeah, it, at least, at least in, in 2016, I could disagree with it. I could look at it and say, oh, man, that's crazy. That's a lie. That's racist. That's sexist. All that stuff. But he was getting it out, and he would listen to a degree. Now, he'd make faces and he'd roll his eyes and all that stuff, but he was listening. Yeah. Last night, he didn't want to do any of that. For example, when he was asked about COVID, his first COVID question, he spent, and he kept looking, you can see them both doing this, uh, looking at the clock off, uh, up in the corner, so to know how much time he had left. And so he basically stalled it. He gave you like a 15 seconds related to COVID and a minute and 45 seconds talking about Hey, Joe, it would have been worse with you because you wanted to open the borders. And we had this whole harangue, uh, this this monologue, this distraction monologue on immigration and securing our borders. He didn't want to play the game last night. At least uh, Roberto Duran had the good sense to say no mas. OK, I'm done. I want to let you know I don't want to do it anymore. But Donald Trump didn't do that. He just stood out there for an hour and a half. It was just ridiculous. But I say this, Joe, Joe Biden. Maybe, maybe, uh, Joe, maybe he's deteriorating. Maybe he's deteriorating. It could be that he's deteriorating. It could be that he's gotten worse. It could be that he's gotten emboldened uh, by actually being the president. But ultimately, I think, sure. you, I think you just saw. I, I, hear what you, I hear where you're coming from. But I think what you saw was just somebody who, you know, he, he, see, he sees the writing on the wall. I think in his heart of hearts, he, and he, and he, he cannot come to grips with the fact that he's losing the, he's losing the polls because all he cares about is polls and ratings. He cannot come to grips with the fact that he's losing in the polls. I'm sure he believes that as long as he's got Russia on his side, that he's got a chance. But ultimately, 
that his approach last night to it was you're right from 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 the word go this wasn't about actually engaging this wasn't about policy this wasn't about plans this was about i'm going at you it was almost like i'm gonna meet you outside at 315 he'd been waiting all day i'm gonna meet you at the tree in the middle of the playground at 315 he came out swinging he had no no intent on actually engaging in anything substantive or productive i hear you on that ultimately though i think his rationale for doing it at this point and for everything he says and does at this point yeah. is if I can't win, I'm taking this whole damn thing down with me. I think that's where his that's where his head is right now, that he's just going to completely destroy this democracy on his way out. Well, I see. I, I think uh, to and this is why this conversation is so helpful. It's so helpful. Thank you, brother. Thank you uh, for allowing me to have this conversation. So I kind of sort out how I feel. I was angry. And, you know, you, how many times have you seen me really mad? I mean, like, really, really mad. It was that time. That one time, that time, that one time somebody told your car, from, no, told my car. Your car. From in front of your house. When we <laughs> yeah. stayed out, we stayed up late playing Madden. And of course that tow did. truck came and towed my car from Washington Street in Boston. And you almost got into a fight with the tow truck operator. Uh, we went and picked and up the car. I would have been, I would have yeah, been Yeah, you got the brakes beat off of you. Yeah, I mean, yeah. my man I was. was I like, had your back though. I had your back, but it, you know. Yeah, and you would have been broken in half too. My man was like six no, two, six right. three. Yeah, <laughs> about six two, six three, about two forty, two forty five. It's yeah. all so, solid. No, you, it, takes a, it takes a lot to to make you angry. You're a peaceful man. You're yeah. a peaceful man. It takes a lot right. to make you angry. Yes, I get you. But I was ang- But I was really angry last night. I was angry okay. at. I was angry at the debate, how it was playing out. I was angry that we're at this point in American history. I should know better. I know I should know better. But see, Mike, I told you this before, and I'll, I'll share it with the audience. And if I haven't done it before, I'll do it. Uh, and if I have done it, hey, well, two coats of paint is better than one. Just, just pretend like you haven't heard the story before. But right. I, I'm a political junkie, and I always have been. So I've, I, I've, I've followed debates as long as I can remember. I mean, I was like little, little, little. When I remember, uh, I remember Jimmy Carter and Gerald Ford going at it. I, I remember Ronald Reagan saying, I paid for this microphone, sit down, in New Hampshire in 1980. But whether it's a conservative or whether it's a liberal, I've always been fascinated by, uh, by the politics and by campaigns and how, in this country, we have been able, no matter how divisive, uh, no matter how contentious, we have been able to go from one administration to the next without the whole Peaceful thing just falling apart. Yeah. I mean, I was yep. there. You were there, too. I remember Pedro Martinez making a joke about it as he collected, I believe, a Cy Young Award in 2000. He came in to collect the Cy Young Award October. Oh no, it wasn't October. Probably November, late November, early December 2000. And he's looking around at the media. He was like, y'all are like the Dominican. Y'all don't have a president. What's going on? This is crazy because it was Al Gore yeah. and George mm-hmm. Bush. So we've seen we've seen colliding politics. We've seen divisiveness. That's nothing. But when you allow this to happen, when you allow this to happen and you're around, you are around Donald Trump. I'm not just mad at Donald Trump. I'm mad at everybody who's around him who just acts like this is normal. And you don't even have the guts to say anything or to do anything. Who who, who are the who's checking him? Who's checking him, Mike? 
Are, are you talking about nobody? Are you talking about, uh, for example, for example, uh, Senator Tim Scott, uh, who oh, today, oh, come on, you know, a, a, ask, a ask a black guy. OK, well, Tim Scott, you'll have to do. Uh, so they asked Tim Scott, you know, about the president saying. Uh, we got to hear. Yeah, go we we got to hear. Let, let's play. We got to hear for ourselves. Go ahead and play it. Yep. Do you find that I think he misspoke in response to Chris Wallace's uh, comment. He was asking Chris what he wanted to say. Uh, I think he misspoke. I think he should correct it. If he doesn't correct it, I guess he didn't misspeak. I, I guess he didn't misspeak, it, and, and, and I'm okay with it. Uh, it. You know, that's the only black Republican in the Senate, Tim Scott out of South Carolina. Now, of course, he's talking about the exchange when, uh, you know, Chris Wallace asked, you know, Donald Trump, which I don't know why he asked, because Donald Trump has shown you how he feels on this, but over time and time again. But he says, OK, will you denounce white supremacy and, and, and extremist right wing extremist groups? Uh, and he said, name somebody, name somebody. Proud Boys, he's like, proud, proud Boys, stand back and stand down. So that's what uh, Tim Scott is referring to. Stand back and stand down. A couple of things with stand back and stand down, which sounded a lot like regulators mount up, right? Stand by. So st stand, stand by. back and stand by. stand by. Yes, right, right. I'm sorry. Yes, stand back and stand by. Okay, number one, only your leader can give you instructions, okay? So mm -hmm. before we even get to actually what he said, your leader and the person to whom you submit can give you instructions to stand down or stand back and stand by. And then stand by for what? For stand by for action? Stand by to, to, to take up arms? Yeah, we, we, know, we know what he meant. We know what he was insinuating. But like stand by, like, hey, just wait. I'll be calling on you in a minute, which is like I, like I told you. It's only going to get worse from here, believe it or not. It, it can still get worse. Um, but ultimately, man, it's like, he keeps proving who he is time and time again, and yet people act surprised, and they try to treat him and treat that position. And this is my big issue, not to get too far off track with Chris Wallace last night. My big issue with Chris Wallace last night was he was trying to be, understandably so from a professional standpoint, trying to be respectful of the office respectful of the individual occupying the office, because his alternative would have been to yell and scream and say, Mr. President, stop, you settled up. He couldn't do that. He couldn't right. out yell and scream the president. But again, the issue is, man, this is kind of why I appreciated Dana Bash on CNN, you know, cussing on TV and calling it what it was, is because, right. you know what, man, we keep talking about this dude and normalizing his behavior and talking about him as if he is a president. He's a grand wizard. He's not, the, he's not a president, he's a grand wizard. And when he tells the Proud Boys to stand back and stand by, he's talking to his people. Why would he denounce white supremacy when he practices it? That's what he stands for. So to be surprised and shocked that he didn't distance himself or denounce white supremacy or, or, or condemn it, why would he do that? Why would he, he condemn never his does own it. people? He never does. Why would he, con he, why would he condemn it. his own kind? It's because there are very fine people on both sides. It, there, I was gonna say, there's always some condition involved. Now. I think I, I may have told you this before, but okay, once again, I pretend like uh, you haven't heard the story, but I have a, a friend of mine, and this is before, this is this is like the day after, maybe it was like August, what was the RNC convention, late August, 24th, 25th, something like that. So on the morning of August 25th or 26th, I texted a friend of mine who knows Tim Scott. So he's, a, he's a, he, they're buddies. And I think I lost a friendship <laughs> with yeah, the text. I think a lot of that's happened over the last few years, yeah. I think I lost a friendship with him. Because I said, man, 
what's, what's up? Basically, what's up with your boy? Come get your man here. So why is he allowing himself to be used to be tokenized? That's what I wrote. I said, why is he allowing himself to be tokenized by the Republican Party? Now, my friend, my former friend, was very offended by my language. Oh, I don't think he's being tokenized. I just because I don't agree with him. It's like the whole thing that we do. But stop this. Stop trying to make this a political argument. This is not a political argument. This is an argument about what you see in front of you. It's about what you see, what's happening. So Tim Scott, in his RNC speech, said a couple of, uh, a couple of moving things, a couple of profound things. One, he said that, you know, his grandfather, uh, growing up, you know, his grandfather was, you know, knew about uh, picking cotton and being in that, and being in that, that realm. He said, we went from cotton, very powerful word, a powerful phrase. We went from cotton to Congress in a generation. That's what he said. Mm -hmm. He said, imagine if my grandfather could see me today. That's real. But this is also real. Wouldn't your grandfathers, wouldn't your grandfather and my grandfather, Mike, and your grandfather be disappointed after all the work they put in, all the protests they did, all the sacrificing they did, they silenced themselves when they didn't want to. When they wanted to uh, say, you know, shut up. I'm not doing that. You're not going to talk to me. You're not going to call me a boy. You're not going to call me out of my name. Imagine all the sacrifices that they did for me and for you and for others. And to sit there in 2020 and see the president of the United States fail to say white supremacy is wrong and I don't want anything to do with them. After all that sacrifice. And Tim Scott, for you to say he misspoke after what you've been through. With your family? Come on, man. Come on. It's not and, about and if, politics. If, you don't need a job that it. badly. You don't need a and job he, that badly. And if, and, if he, and, if he doesn't, and if he doesn't correct it, then he didn't misspeak. It's like, okay, thank, thanks for right. nothing, man. Um, listen, Jason Johnson standing by. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to sneak in a break. We're going to catch our breath. We're going to come back, and we're going to hear from Dr. Jason Johnson. Stay by. Stay Are you willing to tell the American people tonight whether or not you will support either ending the filibuster or packing the court? Whatever position I take in that, that'll become the issue. The issue is the American people should speak. You should go out and vote. You're in voting now. Vote and let your senators know how you strongly you feel. Let, vote now. You pack Make court? sure you, in fact, let people know. He doesn't want your to senator. answer the question. I'm not going to answer the question. Why because, would you answer that because question? Because the you question is, the question Supreme is, Court the radical question, left. Will you who shut is up, on, man. Listen, who is on your list, Joe? This Who's is on your so list? right. Gentlemen, this is, I think this we've is ended so this. He's going to pack the court. We have ended this segment. We're going to move on to the second segment. That was really a productive segment, wasn't it? Mike Smith, let's go to the three-way. Let's bring in Dr. Jason Johnson. I was thinking about him last night as I was bald, had my fist balled up watching the first of maybe three presidential debates. Uh, Dr. Jason God, no. Johnson, also a journalism professor at Morgan State University. So, Doc, tell me, tell me what, what you saw. Make sense of this for me. <laughs> so first off, first off, I, I want to I want to make sure this is all put in proper context. That is literally the absolute worst presidential debate ever. It is the worst. I, I want to be clear. People can call it an S show. They can say it was trash. They can say it was garbage. 
I, I I said last night when I was on MSNBC, you know, the, the opening line, Lil, Lil Wayne from Uproar. Okay, what the, it, that, that's what it was. It was terrible. Here's the catch, though. All of this only occurred because Chris Wallace did his best cosplay of a doormat and because <laughs> Donald Trump has no discipline. It's not Joe Biden's fault. So we got to make sure that right. we don't say it's all terrible because that way, see, Trump wins when we say everybody's bad. Trump yeah. wins when it's like everybody sucks, right? So you got to make it clear. He's the one who caused the problem. But but yeah, like it, it was it was absolutely terrible. Uh, and, and it wasn't good strategically. Um, you know, there, there were the racial problems. And then there's two things that really jump out to me. You know, first off, I'm not a gambling man. I don't I don't, I don't bet on sports. I don't I don't bet on the Emmys or the Oscars. But I was about to put down a 50 spot on who was going to drop an F-bomb first. Because yeah. Chris Wallace, Chris Wallace and Trump were both like, oh, my God. Like, I mean, and Biden, they were like, I'm so sick of this. I'm so sick of this guy. So that was the first thing. The second thing is. It cannot be understated, and I've been saying this for a long time. Joe Biden is running a presidential campaign. Donald Trump is just trying to consolidate power. He's not running a campaign. They quit campaigning months ago. All Donald Trump wants to do is try and cheat through the post office, voter suppression, Proud Boys, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Yeah, in Russia, any other outside thing he can get. And, And I think what's important to remember is this dude actually sat there and said, I'm going to call upon white nationalist terrorists to intimidate people at the polls. Like, yeah. I mean, a lot of people get upset and they're like, oh, my gosh, you know, he wouldn't condemn white supremacy. Look, white supremacy is an ideology. He didn't condemn a particular group. And that that's probably the most dangerous thing. And I, I agree. With, I, I agree, with Michael. I don't think there should be any more debates. I don't want to give him an opportunity to speak to 80 million people and call upon terrorists again. It's not good for democracy. Yeah, in terms of, um, you're right to, to say that it was, Joe Biden did the best he could. But mm-hmm. there were certain points, and there were some people today that were critical of him, that, you know, that felt like he stooped to it, that Donald Trump brought him down to his level when he called Donald Trump a clown and said, you're the worst president, and will you shut up? It's like, that showed a lot of restraint just to say that. Because I'm going to tell you what, you start talking about my sons like that, especially one of my <laughs> late sons, he lucky he ain't slapped the piss out of him. Let's just call it what it is, man. Like, you know, his next line need to be keep my name, keep my family name out your mouth <laughs> with an F. Right. With an F. That's that Joe Biden said needs to, needs to say that. <laughs> he he was right there. And it's funny, because when you remember that time early on when he was like, you know, focus on me for what it was really is like, I want to give him these hands so bad. Like, like Joe yes. Biden. A two-piece. A two-piece yes, spicy like a with a biscuit. Right here. <laughs> Extra spicy. Both of them, right? Like, that's clearly what he wanted to do. But I think what's important, and, I, I, and this is the thing sort of strategically, I had some of my students, some of my colleagues are like, man, you know, Joe Biden should have hit him more, should have hit him more. No, that doesn't help, right? Because if you've ever been in a situation, a business partner, a, a significant other or something else like that, if you've ever gotten into an argument with somebody who knows that all they got to do is be louder and wronger, that's what's going to happen. If, if Joe Biden ends up getting into a back and forth, uh, with Donald Trump, Trump is just going to be louder. And then that works into his sort of overall message of it's all chaos. So why not let me keep my job? So I, I thought Biden did a decent job of that. And, and here's the other thing. It's like Trump. This was the first time I saw a debate where Trump's strategy really didn't work. Because what did he do? He kept hitting Biden, right? Punch, 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 punch. Your son, Barisma, this, 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 this. Here's the problem. He didn't he didn't breathe long enough to let any of the punches land. 
Like whenever uh-huh. he had, ever he had Biden on the ropes, he hit him with another attack before that one got to settle in. He he kind of had him on the ropes once or twice, but then he started talking about something else, and Biden got to roll out of it. So it was a bad night overall, uh, and, and I don't think anyone benefits from it. It was just it was bad television, bad democracy, bad politics. All right, so let me ask you this. I start off talking about our impeached president who lies all the time, who paid $750 in taxes, uh, who has had allegations against him uh, about, you know, sexual assault, and like on and on. So mm-hmm. why are we here? Why are we here talking about a campaign? It really should be over. Why are we looking at polls? Why are we talking about undecided vote? Why are we talking about any of this? Shouldn't it so- be over now? So here's where we get to the scary part, right? The reason we're talking about this is because American democracy is way the heck more fragile than anybody really believes. Our institutions ain't going to save us. And in this country, we, we, we act as if, like, our vote alone is going to solve this problem. America didn't have a democracy until, like, 40-something years ago. It really didn't. Black people weren't even allowed to vote until the mid-'70s. So you didn't even have a country that was functioning as a democracy until probably the mid-1970s. And now they're trying to push it back. So the reason that we're focusing on this is because we have about 35 days. It's such a cliche, and we've all heard it since we were kids, right? This is the most important election of your lifetime. And half the time, they're lying. Trust me, they're just trying to get money out of your pocket. It ain't the most important election in your lifetime. This is also not the most important election in our lifetime. But if we don't get rid of Donald Trump, it'll be the last one. If that guy manages to stay in office, look, if if you remember, what did he say last night? It wasn't about policy. It wasn't about why you should keep me in office. It wasn't any of the things. He did three things. He said, I'm telling the courts right now, this is going to come down to you, and I want to make sure you give me this job. I'm telling the Proud Boys and white nationalists right now, pull up, get ready, keep your gun dry, because we're about to go to war on this stuff. And I'm telling all the rest of my constituents that you shouldn't believe anything other than me winning. That is essentially all he did last night. So that's why we have to discuss this, because I still think there's some people in America. There's no undecided voters. That's garbage. There's no undecideds. But there's still some people in America who don't recognize if this guy keeps this job. If we don't just vote, you got to do more than vote. You got to go out. You got to protest. You got to make noise. If you don't do all these things and remove him from office, he will make sure we don't ever vote again. And, and he's made that very clear. When somebody tells you who they are, like, believe them. The first, second, and 14th yeah. time they tell you. No, you're absolutely right. First on the approach, because, you know, smart, stupid people love to tell you how smart they are. You know, and the telltale <laughs> sign for Donald Trump is how, don't, don't use the word smart with me. Don't ever use the word smart. Like, dude, you, it's, nobody's more ignorant than Donald Trump. I mean, who says, you know, I got rid of critical race theory because it was racist? Like, do you know, this? he's too stupid to understand how ignorant that sounds. But anyway, <laughs> but the, in terms of his approach to Joe Biden, it's like, if, if, if you're so, if Joe Biden is so incompetent, let him speak and show it. If you're right. so smart, counterpunch against Joe Biden. That's the art of debate. But you're absolutely right. He just kept hammering and hammering and hammering. And he didn't help himself the way he potentially uh, could have, or, or as the case may be, let Joe Biden hurt himself. But back to the Proud Boys and stand back and stand by. He also didn't mm-hmm. put a time frame on that. And, and what you just said just now should be a call to action for all of us to realize that this fight doesn't end on November 3rd, Jason. No, because no, no, they're, no. they're not going to stop on November 3rd. Because it's, yeah. it's going to get really bad. As bad as it is now and as bad as it's going to be for the next 30 months, it's going to get really bad 
if he doesn't win at the polls right. on November 3rd. I said this earlier. We got two viruses we, we, we're fighting right now. Well, three. We're, we're fighting. Well, one of them is connected to the other. We're fighting COVID-19. We're fighting mm -hmm. racism still, which has been with us for 400 years. But within racism is a mutated virus known as Trumpism. And that ain't going yep. away with a vaccine known as, known as voting. And so the Proud Boys are going to be standing by and people like the Proud Boys are going to be standing by well after November 3rd, well after mm -hmm. re this reaches its conservative majority court to wreak chaos and anarchy if, in fact, our democracy chooses Joe Biden. So it's, it's, it's one of those things where we, we got to if, if nothing else last night, it, we might not have got a lot out of it substantively. But like Michael Holly mm -hmm. said off the top, it was a wake up call for those who were still asleep. Yeah. I mean, if anybody's still asleep and I, and I always think this is really important, like nobody's undecided. Right. Nobody's undecided at this point. So, you know where you are and you're reminded where you are in this particular situation. But but here's something else. And I think it, it's key, not just the problem was, but if you look at what you were saying before, if, if, you, if you think, Michael, you know, if you think Joe Biden is dumb, blah, 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 blah. Here's the kind of crazy thing about what you saw Donald Trump do into that debate, which is why he, he really failed strategically. He spent the last eight months and both of y'all heard this. The last eight months of his campaign is Joe Biden is dumb. Joe Biden has dementia. Joe Biden is terrible. Blah, 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 blah. If you keep saying, if you keep talking down your opponent's abilities, right, then all they got to do is show up and not piss their pants and they won. Yeah. Right. Like like if the last if, if the last six weeks or if the last, you know, 48 hours or something, LeBron just kept saying, like, look, man, you know, we know the heat ain't got it. We know the heat ain't got it. We know the heat ain't got it. If they win tonight, you know, if the Lakers only win by six points tonight, it's like, well, damn, I guess the heat were a lot tougher than you thought there, LeBron. Like you don't talk down your opponent because that gives them the ability to overperform whatever the expectations are that you've laid for people. It's kind of a dumb move. Uh, and speaking of, of dumb moves, uh, you tell me this. You're a political scientist. I, you know, I need you to make, make this make sense for me. All right. If you're looking at Donald Trump, if you're a Republican, if you're in the Senate majority, which we're going to do franchise mode on in a second, okay, the Senate majority, and you look at Trump and you say, well, I don't really like his chances here. He's probably got a little over a month left. I need to start backing away from him to keep my gig going. Why are right. all of these people, like, they're sitting there silently, nobody, like Mitt Romney every now and then will speak up. Susan Collins will, like, will show, like, she's about to do something, and then she just goes back to the status quo. Why are all these Republicans willing to go down with him when it's clear he's going down? Wouldn't somebody try to save themselves? So there's a couple things with that. One, you, you have to realize what saving yourself looks like, and you have to look at what fighting back against Trump really looks like, right? Whenever the Republicans fight back against Trump, they're always like, somebody hold me back, hold me back. You know, it was like, it was like Mello in that one game, like you just go, hold me back, don't let me go, right? Because they ain't really trying to fight Trump. Because as much as we may talk about how racist or incompetent uh, or how much of a national security risk Donald Trump happens to be, he is doing things that mainstream conservatives like. They like judges. They want to get rid of the Affordable Care Act. They want to restrict abortion access. They want to keep black people from voting. So they will deal with all of these terrible things. Now, when it comes to their own sacrifice, right, am I going to throw myself on the sword by, by, by linking myself to Donald Trump, knowing this guy may take me down? Some of them, it's their only option. If I'm Cory Gardner in Colorado, I'm done anyway. Trump might be my only life supporter. 
right? If I'm Martha McSally in Arizona, if I'm Susan Collins, Trump might be my only life support. And what's always been funny to me about this, this Holly, when I see this, is like, Trump ain't loyal to nobody. Like, that's the part that doesn't make sense to me. I understand attaching yourself to a president who has an 88 to 95 percent approval rating amongst Republicans. Uh, that makes sense on a logical level. But he ain't ever helped you. He's not helping Joni Ernst. He's not helping Tom Tillis in North Carolina. Donald Trump is about him and his family. And so if three or four Republicans end up losing their seats, and again, we have to take into consideration there will be violence on or around Election Day. We have to take into consideration that they're still trying to mess with the post office. So I tell everybody all the time, check, recheck, and triple check your voter registration. Even with all those things going on, <clears throat> some of these folks think, well, look, maybe if I'm lucky at the end, I can pull this out. Maybe he'll cheat on my behalf. That's their only logic. Because realistically, if, if you run away from him now, it's too late. You're not going to save your job. Um, we talked about one sellout earlier. Um, <laughs> let's talk about another one. Let's talk about uh, Daniel Cameron, oh, um, who we knew was full of it from... We, we've always known he's full of it. Right. Um, so we were supposed to get a release of the uh, grand jury proceedings per the request of one of the grand jurors who felt like Daniel Cameron, the attorney general... But the state of Kentucky had misrepresented the process in suggesting that the grand jury had decided not to bring charges related to the killing of Breonna Taylor. Come to find out, he never presented the option for the grand jury yeah. to uh, to agree to, to bring charges against the other officers. Um, but today, I, I believe the latest, I, to, to my understanding, is that he filed a motion uh, to delay because mm -hmm. they wanted to redact names, supposedly. And, and you just know... Honestly, Jason, this is just one of those, you know, done in the dark, come to light type things, because this whole oh, yeah. process has been messy, sloppy, foul, and frankly, dirty in terms mm -hmm. because every 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 day there's an article coming out. Vice has done incredible reporting when it comes to even the SWAT team that showed up knew that yeah. something was wrong in terms of the protocols being followed or not being followed, as the case may be. Um, you know, just what do you make of where we are in the Breonna Taylor uh, case and and if, if every if everything is because we know what we know what it is we right, already exactly. we knew what it was before this all happened we know what time it we know what time it is mm -hmm. how much of this do you actually think comes to light and and, and what's going to be how does how's it going to play out so I, I said this I said this years ago when I was in Ferguson and, and I, I had a lot of experiences there I was just tear gas for the first time in my life and, and saw how competent the cops were and, and saw the sort of corrupt things. Uh, that, the, that the prosecutor was doing to set up the case and everything else like that. And I remember saying to myself, I was like, wow, white supremacy is actually supposed to be more efficient than this. Like, this ain't even good racism, right? <laughs> like, like, good racism, <laughs> you hide your tracks better. They don't, they're not doing a good job of hiding their tracks. Everybody knew, <laughs> everybody knew that Daniel Cameron was lying. But here's where we know that, that he's not even good at being a liar, that he's not even good. As, he's trying his best to do his best impression of Stephen from Django. And he's not even doing a good job of that. And the reason we know why is because you have police officers perforating that thin blue line right and left. Because all of these leaks only came out after, after they decided to only charge one person. That means there are police officers on the force, probably white and black, men and women who are like, yo, this isn't right. It's one thing for one of the, the, the jurors to say, hey, look, we want this to be public. But it's something else entirely for hidden video from the SWAT team to end up in the hands of Vice, to end up in the hands of democracy now. That means that you have cops working there right now who are like, yo, this was dirty. 
It, it, you yeah. shouldn't have had the officers involved in the shooting allowed to go to a potential crime scene unassisted. You shouldn't have had a situation where you didn't present all the evidence to the grand jury. You shouldn't have had a situation where you lied to the public and said you didn't know who shot who, but now we have ballistics reports that say the cops mm -hmm. probably shot themselves. Or the inherent yeah, failure fire. of the logic. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the inherent failure of logic always got me, which is even if your argument was, okay, Brown and Terrell's boyfriend shot and the cops could fire back in self-defense, they wouldn't be defending themselves against her. You still shot the wrong person. Yeah. So, you know, yeah. Cameron, Cameron is a joke. This is, this is a, I'm not surprised though. So before we let you go, man, uh, you, you play multiple positions and one of them is an avid sports fan. Uh, we yes. know we got to let you go to MSNBC. So we will save your Seahawks and let Russ cook for another day because we know you just got to throw yes. five more touchdowns this week. I want to, you yes. mentioned LeBron and the Lakers in the heat. Just got to get your finals prediction. Uh, who On the record, why? let's get this. <laughs> Jimmy Butler, Jay Cutler, the Butler, Lakers in five. <laughs> That's it. Was that your LeBron mean? You did a cigarette hanging from your lips? Right. <laughs> <laughs> Lakers in five. Lakers in five. That's my LeBron mechanic meme. And I'll tell you, I think it's gonna. I think it's gonna be like. I think it's gonna be like the Heat and OKC. I think it's gonna be five close games. But I think okay. the Lakers are gonna win in five. People trying to talk up the Heat. Spo is Spo is the best. He's the best coach LeBron ever had. But talent wise, they can't pull it off. Okay. That's a good choice. All right. Good choice, Jason. Good choice. <laughs> come, come on back when the series gets interesting. Oh, yeah. All right, Doc. We appreciate you, man. Thank you. Doc yeah. Johnson, making us smarter. been the most challenging thing I've ever done as far as a professional, as far as uh, committing to something and actually, uh, you know, making it through. Uh, but uh, I knew what I was coming, what we were coming here for. Um, obviously, you didn't, I was, I would be lying if I sat up here and knew that everything inside the bubble, with what it would, you know, the toll that it would take on your mind and your body and, you know, and everything else. Because it's been, it's been extremely tough, um, but you know I'm I'm here for one reason and one reason only, and that's to compete for a championship. All right, Mike, that was LeBron talking about bubble basketball, some of the challenges, and we all tried to figure out what it was going to be before this restart took place, and now we see that, and as LeBron was saying, a little more difficult mentally. Than anybody imagined. We talk about it with one of the finest basketball writers in the United States, in North America, as a matter of fact, Chris Haynes, <laughs> Yahoo. What's up, Chris? What's up, man? Gentlemen, I, I, I'm just glad we're finally at this stage. I've been here since late June, and um, now we're at the NBA Finals, 22 teams to two teams. And after whoever wins four games, I can finally go and see my wife. It's been a long mm. time, guys. I heard so that. look, I, as LeBron said, I was gonna say, like Mike, just excuse me, just for a second, I was gonna say, no, no, go ahead. No. If LeBron, if LeBron is talking about his his struggle in the bubble, and it was more difficult than he thought, I mean, you've been there too. So 
what was it, what has it been like for you? Gemma, that's why I said I have to hurry up and go see my wife. It's been a very long time. <laughs> you didn't get it the first time, Michael. It's been a very long time, the man said. That's what the, the man already answered your question, Holly. First I, I, thought, I, thought, I thought we might expand the answer a little bit, but okay, leave it right there. Oh, it's really that simple. Because Chris, because Chris, I, I imagine, you. Chris, everything else ain't so bad, right? I mean, the rest of oh, it's no. okay. You know, I, I, I just wait. I, I from that. You know what I'm saying? So that's the first, you know, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing my four daughters, but I'm, you know, I'm telling you right now, I, I got to see the wife first. <laughs> yeah, if you if you watch it, Mrs. Haynes, get ready. Get ready. <laughs> you already know. <laughs> exactly. Chris coming home. All right. Just, just <laughs> no, but, uh, but in terms of just the, from a player's perspective, and honestly, man, loved your, uh, all you, all of all your work, obviously we both do. But loved your piece uh, in game, uh, the last game of the uh, Nuggets series, where LeBron told you pregame, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm putting it into this tonight. And then after the game, we saw him dap you off, say what I told you. So, you know, few people know LeBron as well as you do. Can you expand a little bit more on what he was saying to the to the assembled media in terms of just how difficult this has been on somebody who's as mentally tough as they come? Yeah, I mean, you know, obviously when he goes into the postseason. Traditionally, he likes to cut off his social media. He goes dark. Um, he wasn't able to do that. You know, we got a lot going on. Obviously, he wasn't with his family during this time. There's a big election coming up. Um, so they're in the bubble. So, you know, this was new for him to go through a postseason run and having access to social media and the Internet. And, uh, you know, he, he talked about just the fact that how guys initially, especially at the beginning of this um, restart, you know, how there were struggles at, at first. And he didn't mention names, you know, and he didn't mention exactly the struggles that there was. And so I, I think right now, if you look at how they've gotten to this point, the way they've been able to do it, you have to say that this is going to be one of the most accomplished runs for any team uh, to get a championship. Mm -hmm. You know, just what everybody was going through, you know, had the, uh, the boycott, you know, the semi-brief boycott early on. You know, this team right now, they're really assembled to win, and LeBron James has them ready to go out there. He's as focused as I've ever seen him, and I've covered him for a long time. Well, you know, know what, Chris? Oh, Michael, let me follow, let me, no, let me follow up real quick with something, Michael. Go ahead. Right. Go ahead. Because actually, Michael, you actually said something you said before. Because um, you, Michael, you were saying that you might give more credit to the person, and KD said it as well, more credit to the champion to come out of this bubble than than otherwise because a lot of people will look at it chris and, I, and you've covered a lot of playoff games you've been in hostile environments right a lot of people would look at this this this, uh, this tournament and say well nobody's really going on the road you know the, it's, it's a different type of uh setup so it's not as difficult as it traditionally is but it really sounds like it is it even harder in some respects or is it just incomparable or is, is it harder than it usually is well, I think it's harder than it is just because of the circumstances. You know, obviously, when, you know, players finish playing their games, they're able to go home to family. Um, they're able to go on, go on to loved ones. And so, for a lot, you know, Paul George admitted, you know, he struggled with that. And um, yeah. so he didn't have, he wasn't, he, he didn't, he wasn't here long enough to have family come, you know, come here. So it, it, it's, it's tough, but I will say this. I think the way this bubble is set up, it's set up for the best team to win. And what I mean by that is, 
like when you have a traditional playoff setup where you're going on the road, you know, going away, the crowd can kind of help a team get into a game or a crowd Mm -hmm. can disrupt the play of role players. I I haven't looked up the stats, but I want to look up stats on like a lot of the role players here because, you know, Mm -hmm. there's really no home court advantage and they got the fake crowd going on. So I really want to see if the numbers change. And I asked Frank Vogel about that. And he said he didn't see that being a factor. So he hasn't even looked into the numbers to see if guys' numbers fluctuate depending on if they're so-called home or road games. And so with that being said, this is just like open gym, guys. You go out there and you play. And the best team is going to win. You don't have a crowd out there to sway you, to help you. You're really on your own. And look, everybody who, who was here, all 22 teams, play under the same type of circumstances. So, you know, no, nobody nobody is exempt. And so this this has to be one of the hardest um, championships to, to capture. Interesting. Uh, Mike, uh, would you like to say anything uh, to support that point that Chris Haynes just made? It's a brilliant point he just made. Mike, where have you heard I, I that before? You. I told who you that. I, 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 who? I started oh, the question. Give me minute. props. Michael Did you not hear me Michael. give you props at the step? Chris, didn't I just he say did, Michael? He, did start. He, he started off the no, whole no, question no, listening. No. Giving you props, Mike. Hey, hey Chris. Chris, Michael Smith has been wearing me out. I've been talking about bubble basketball and the beautiful, the, the democratic no, nature of it. You were talking about I mean, the official. You, you were saying it was better. You said you enjoyed it better. It's not better. Hey, Chris, is hey, it better? Chris, is it a better product? It may oh. be challenging in different ways. Is it better? Is it better to watch that than I, actual crowds going wild? I don't think so. Yeah, I, I don't, yeah the, the, the whole experience. No, it's it's not a better complete experience. Now, obviously, there's been some big game winners. When you talk about Devin Booker, he had a game winner in the restart. You look at Anthony Davis, game winner, and it's just, you know, there's no fans there to cheer him on. Yeah. Right? So, but I will say this, Mike, you can make a case that the brand of basketball has been really good. And if somebody said mm-hmm. the brand of basketball was better, I, you know, they have a case. But just just as far as just the, the totality of it, fans do bring a little extra uh, to the game yeah. setup. And so definitely, I think that's, a lot of people... That's the last time I give Michael Holly props. Go ahead, Michael. Go uh, ahead. Uh, ask uh, a question. Uh, last time I try uh, to give you uh, props for a point. Go ahead. No, it's like, they're like backdoor props. They're like backdoor. Right? You kind of <laughs> slide it in there. But, you know, hey, Chris, I'm wondering like, how you see... As you said, you've been covering LeBron for a long time. Tenth finals appearance for him. Where do you put this current team uh, in? How, how do you even characterize this this current Lakers team compared to the other nine LeBron Finals teams that you've seen? Man, I don't, I don't want to diminish what this team is doing. Uh, but you look at those teams, all right, the Miami Heat teams, they don't compare to any of those Miami Heat teams. That team that won, you know, came back from 3-1 deficit, beat the Golden State Warriors, they're, they're not better than that team. This this right here is this right here, you know, is probably one of the and I, I hate to use this word, but it is, you know, it's probably the weakest championship team he's been on. Just from top to bottom. It's not, you can't compare it to those to those other three titles he's won. But with that being said, you know, the, all the obstacles that they had to face, everything they had to go through this season, um, you can't diminish them whatsoever. But when you, you know, when you're ranking them, I, I don't think it even compares to uh, three titles. Do you make picks, Chris? 
Are you are you stay away from that? I know some people stay away from it. Unfortunately, I do. I try to stay away from it, but you know, my job asked me to do it, and you know. So I, okay, I well, I won't. I won't ask you for a pick. I guess I'll say somebody on this set has picked the Heat in six. Somebody is coming at the King. And I know when you come at the king, you best not miss. So somebody has picked mm. the Heat in six. So can you tell that somebody, as in me, uh, what the Heat have to do to make me look smart? Well, look, I'll say this. If the Heat pull this off, I wouldn't be surprised. Because I said from the beginning, guys, I was like, the way this setup is, no home court advantage or anything like that, it's set up for some type of team that we didn't see coming at all to come and just steamroll through here and still a championship. And I can see that with the Miami Heat. With that being said, I've already been, been public since yesterday and said I got the Lakers in six. Oh. Yeah, okay. so I'll I, <laughs> I put that out there. But Miami, look, man, LeBron can't lose. He can't lose this championship. Man. You know, this, this is – he's Why not? Rarely does, because oh, I'll tell you, rarely does he go into a championship of finals as the favorite. He's the favorite right. in this finals. And this is his former team. And all know, I know there's only one player that's still a part of that team that was, you know, with him during the Heatles run. That's Udonis Haslam. He's not even playing. But it's still a Pat Riley-guided team. And the way things ended, Miami and LeBron, they, they didn't end on the cleanest of terms. And so Pat Riley would want nothing more but to take down LeBron in his first time getting back to the finals with the Lakers. And so, for all those reasons right there, LeBron cannot lose this against his former team. I don't expect them to. I, 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 I think the Heat are a worthy opponent. I'm giving them two games. Some people may say that's even disrespectful, but, hey, LeBron's <laughs> favorite, I, I think they'll get it. You know what, Chris, I want to ask you before we let you go, uh, basketball fans know that our first black president was Barack Obama. Our second black president is Glenn Doc Rivers. Uh, who, who got uh, dismissed by the Clippers. We're all in mourning over it. So uh, was it justified? Did you see this one coming? I mean, this was like a, a pretty big stunner, Chris. No, I didn't see it coming. The reason I didn't see it coming because, you know, the day after the game, you know, the Clippers front, you know, uh, front office brass told me that Doc Rivers was safe. And so I, I wrote that. And I don't have no problem, you know, divulging that now. Um, but I was, um, yeah, I, I was, I was taken back just by, you know, what I was told, you know, after the game. Now, obviously, things can change, and that's that's the way the world is. Things change from then to to there, and so obviously, some things went on in between time to get to the point where we are now, where Doc Rivers um, is without a team. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, but I, I think Doc did a good job. Look. You know, Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, they have one year left under contract. And I think it would have been nice to let, you know, Doc, you know, go that year, see what he can do with that year. And look, I mean, just think about the, like I said, this was an unconventional season. And, you know, have Montrez, Harold, he was out for a little like a month during the restart. Yeah. Patrick Bradley took time away. Lou Williams, like they were just in flux. And they were one of the teams that voted not to continue playing when it was on that little hiatus during this restart. So the team wasn't exactly focused, and it wasn't because of Doc Rivers. And so I, I just don't think he had a, a real solid chance, solid chance of a year to put his imprint on that team. And, yeah. you know, it'll be interesting to see where, where they go from here.
No, that, no that's a good point. Um, I think what probably happened between what the what your sources told you and them letting him go is Steve Ballmer seeing the Lakers beat the Nuggets and go back to the finals when he felt like that was probably supposed to be them and somebody to be the fall guy. Before we let you go, man, on Doc Rivers, uh, saw the report today that he is um, visiting with Philadelphia or interviewing. Oh, did we lose Chris? No, yeah, I'm right Oh, you said yeah, okay. We saw a report that uh, that he's uh, supposed to be interviewing with Philadelphia. We thought they were going to hire Mike D'Antoni. What do you know about his chances to land in Philly? Well, I'll say this right now. It, it's um, I don't know if he's met right now with him, but I'll say this: when you look at that personnel, I, I think Doc Rivers' scheme and the way he coaches, I think he fits Philadelphia more so than a Mike D'Antoni. And so I, I think mm-hmm. right now, you look at it. I mean, God, the guy was fired. Was it was it yesterday? Was it let go yesterday? Uh, two days, days ago. Well, I mean, and he's already over Monday. there, already over there in Philly. So this guy, he's going to have, he's going to have no shortest of options if he wants to get back in the yeah. coaching right away. And um, you know, it's some pretty, some nice jobs out there, Philadelphia, New Orleans, and Indiana. But I think for his, I think Philadelphia is smart, and if they can pull it together, I think Doc Rivers is the right guy for that job. I just don't see the the three point, uh, three point or or dunk thing working. Uh, what Dan Antonio likes to implement. I just don't think that's working with Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid. Hey, man, listen, thank you so much for the time. We know you could be breaking stories as we speak. Appreciate you blessing, brother, from another, man. And, and hang on. Hold on. Maybe maybe they go. Maybe it's a sweep and you get home even sooner. We, so hey, now, I'm, rooting, now I'm rooting for it to be a quick series. I'll right. tell you right now, you speak of this sweep. Check this out. So the games have been every other day up until this point. And it's, that, it's the same way from game one to game four. But Mike, from game four, that game is October 6th. Game five is October 9th. Why do we need all that space in between? (laughs) What's going on? There's no travel. There's no flying. Hey, Chris, we're rooting for you. Chris, we're rooting for you, man. Hey, I don't have a root interest. I don't have a root interest. Yes, you do. But yes, you do. No, 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 listen. I'm saying, I don't have a root interest. But whoever wins that first game, I don't mind them winning next three. Yeah. Hey, they got to handle business so you can handle business. Am I right? There you go. There you go. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs>
the best thing you've done for me lately is convince me to do this show because if I were not doing this oh, show, I probably have a lot of extra time. <laughs> I probably be trying to turn some team into. I probably be trying to turn the Falcons around right now. That's what I probably would be doing. Hey man, uh, it was my, like, listen. I, I was so hooked. I was. I was. I don't know if I ever told you the story before. I was so hooked on it. it was years ago, I went to a restaurant. Was talking to this waiter, a, a nice guy. He's, he's bragging about his son. Oh, my son, you know, he's this, he's great. I said, hey, man, would your son like a PlayStation? <laughs> so, I mean, I, I had to. You just need to give it away. Was, Take it. Take it from I, me, please. It was, Take it. It was, yeah. it was ruining. It was yeah. ruining my life. No, no. So no. I gave it to a waiter that I barely know just because I yeah. had to get rid of this thing. No, I'm, so, with you. I'm with you. Uh, you. You're much more. Um, you and James are much more disciplined than I am. No, no, no. I'm out. I'm out for now. I'm out. Um, I'm. 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 You know, couple of couple of weeks. Yeah, I'm, I'm rolling. David, one day at a time. One day at a time. A couple of weeks clean. Um, so Chris Haynes, he brought up something that we talked about the other day, which is LeBron's uh, potential motivation, uh, additional motivation going into the finals. Um, Obviously, a big storyline is, you know, he's facing one of his former teams, but the team with which he finally found championship glory in the Miami Heat. So at media day yesterday, I believe it was, uh, he was asked if there's any additional uh, motivation facing the Heat in the finals. It's, too, it's, it's no extra uh, meaning to winning a championship, no matter who you're playing against. It's already hard enough to even reach the finals, um, to be in this position. So if you're able to become... Uh, victorious out of the finals. It doesn't matter who it's against. Um, you know, you just, um, I'm just happy that I'm here with the opportunity, uh, you know, to represent uh, not only myself, but represent our, our fans, our, our fan base, our organization, uh, my teammates, our coaching staff, um, our training staff, and so many others that, that represent this organization uh, to the utmost respect. So he said, absolutely not. And as usual, LeBron said all the right things. Right. But you know what, man? We, we're taught to be skeptical. And, you know, when they say one thing, they really mean another. And I, I actually believe him. I believe him. You know? Why? I'm, I'm not going to Lonzo at training day. I don't believe you. I don't believe you. No, I actually believe him. Yeah. I, I actually do believe Why? him. Because I feel like the reason, and I know it ended badly. But badly for whom exactly? You know what I mean? Like, it's not like the Heat. This isn't a traditional reunion. It's not like the Heat traded LeBron. It's not like the Heat released LeBron or cut LeBron. Or it's not like they knew that LeBron was done, finished, you know, and, you know, put a curse on him until you do right by us or whatever. It's like, look, he decided to go home to Cleveland. The people who were in their feelings about that move were the Heat. So I'm sure the Heat would love to ruin LeBron's coronation or, you know, to stop him from getting a fourth championship. But I don't, I think LeBron at this point in his career and his life is on such a higher plane of thought, such a higher, he's got his, his purpose and his motivation and his drive uh, is, is much more sophisticated and, and much greater, much more significant than uh, the storylines that we could think up. You know, I don't think he has anything to prove yeah. to the heat that, you know, I, I got to stop Pat Riley. I, look, I think he appreciates it. He went on to talk about Pat Riley being in the finals in part of four decades, I believe it is. Um, right. You know, at various levels. 
I think he appreciated what Riley and Spo did for him to help make him the person and the player and the champion that he is. I'm more than sure some of his habits and some of his approach stems from his time as part of the Miami culture. He took a lot of the Miami culture, what he learned there, brought it to Cleveland, delivered his defining moment to this point, and now went to L.A., and that organization needed a culture change, and he's taught them how to win, or, he, or he's elevated them back to the finals. And so I do believe him that the last thing on his mind is revenge or motivation or proving a point to Pat Riley and Eric Spolstra. I think at this point, he's just more about uh, trying to walk away with as many titles as he, as he can and, and, and trying yeah. to add to his next legacy. Notice, not chase Kobe, honor Kobe, not chase Kobe. Carry on Michael Jordan's legacy, not match it or surpass it. I think, as we talked about earlier this week, he's right. doing his own thing, and that own thing just means I got to get this championship because this is why I play, not for somebody else's storyline. Yeah, Mike, I think you're right. If you say it doesn't matter to him right now, if you say right now, I agree. He's probably not thinking about it now, but it's something to look back mm. on. Because if you think about it, if they win a championship against okay. the Miami Heat, this is what it will mean. It will mean that when he left Cleveland, remember uh, that, that juvenile letter that Dan Gilbert put out, this self-proclaimed yeah, king Rest, yeah. sleep, sleep well, Cleveland. Rest assured that your Cavaliers will win before this self-proclaimed king, king does. Well, wrong, wrong, wrong. Uh, that didn't happen. Wrong. So he was able to leave Cleveland. Dan Gilbert is, like, talking about him up and down, just cussing him out. Then he goes back. He wins in Miami. So, one, Dan Gilbert, uh, what you, that curse, that color purple curse that you tried to put on me, that Michael Smith just did. Mm. Mm-hmm. That didn't work. <laughs> See, he goes back yeah. to Cleveland. Dan Gilbert, you got to be rooting for me now. You got to be rooting for me. I'm going to win in Cleveland on my terms. Comes back and he wins. And when he left Miami, Pat Riley, he didn't quite go Gilbert. Well, he was a little whiny. He was a little he salty. Was a little, he was a little petty. It was petty. It was petty. And on top well, of everything he, else. I don't remember what he Do you remember exactly what he said? Not to put you on the spot. Do you yeah. remember what he said? Pretty much, he was saying, "Look, hey, you go through it. You go through tough times. You go through adversity. This is the time. This is the time, really, to stay. You know, these. It, okay. Pretty much, it was like the old man. These kids, these days, whenever they run gotcha. into any adversity, they run away. And on top of that, I don't know if you remember it. Not only was Pat Riley like get off of my lawn doing the old man thing and yelling, he also broke the news he wasn't supposed to that LeBron's wife Savannah was pregnant." Uh, Remember this? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, and there were a lot of stories that came out. Now that you mentioned it, there were some stories that came out. I'm not saying necessarily Pat Riley was a source, but there were a lot of stories about my about LeBron's tenure in Miami that were less than flattering about just how he conducted himself and and some of the clashes, the culture clashes. I, I do I do recall that. Yeah, but go ahead, go ahead. Yeah. So I, I think all right. So you leave you leave Miami and you go off and do your own thing. You win a championship, but wouldn't it be something to go back? And then win against Miami. So all the teams that I played for, I made them better. When I left, <laughs> the executives had some things to say, but in the end, I prevailed. So I, I that may not word. be There's a that may not be on his mind. That, that yeah. may not be on his mind right now, but I think it will. But I, I, I do want to say this about LeBron. You know, we were talking the other day about you know the goats and you know LeBron versus Jordan. 
and uh, somebody said to you, you know, why didn't we include Kobe? I don't, I don't think of Kobe that way. I don't think Kobe is in the conversation as the greatest player of all time. He is an all-time great. He is a top 10 player. He's a number two shooting guard by far. That's it. Number two, nobody is close. So, you know, maybe Dwayne Wade is three, but Kobe's two, Jordan's one, and shooting guards. But I don't think of him as the greatest player of all time. But I say that now. I say that now when I look at, uh, you call, you ask me who my all-time great is. All right, today, let's say today it's Jordan. Mm-hmm. I can be swayed, though, Mike. I'm not one of those people who says, I'm not going to change my mind. Okay. My mind, my mind can change. And I look, at, I look at what LeBron is doing right now. I think it's, inc- I think it's incredible. Despite the finals record that, is, that got more losses than wins, mm-hmm. the, men- the mental toughness, the ability to carry multiple teams to championship stages, uh, the elite level that he's playing at mm-hmm. at the age of 35, there are a lot of things where I look at it and say, all right, right now, do I have him the best of all time? No. But I, is once he upon a time— is he, def- is he definitely your number two? Is he, right, is he, is he after Jordan? I always he say he's like—I'd say he's in, in, the, in that five. He's like somewhere from like, gotcha. one, one, you know, one to four. I say he's not five, one okay. to four. Okay. But once upon a time, I, I vowed, ain't nobody's better than Joe Montana. I used to say that. Oh, no, I've never— Put another quarterback over Joe Montana and the same standard that you've knocked around appropriately so that he's 4-0 in Super Bowls and he's never thrown a Super Bowl interception. But that's not it. Once you start looking at a career, it's kind of hard to ignore what you're seeing. And so I'm not putting him over Jordan now, but I might next week. In a week. I was about to say in a week. Yeah, so if, 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 if he gets number four with a, with a, I mean, it's three teams, but I mean, it's, it's, it's three franchises, but let's say four teams. So yeah. if he gets, um, if he gets, excuse me, if he gets a, a fourth championship with a third team, I beg your pardon, a third team, that to you would change your mind. But, it, but it, by it, that, ra- it, but by that rationale, by ra- but what if he does what he's done in the past? Okay, I sound like I sound like. Uh, Vince of Vega and Pulp Fiction. But by that rationale, yeah. you know, a dog would cease to be a filthy animal. If you have, if you, uh, no, but um, if, if the, what if he's brilliant? What if he does what he's done in the past, I believe against the Warriors in one or two series, and averages like a triple-double for the series and leads both teams and score and rebound assists? He does his LeBron thing. What if, he's, what if he does that? But the Heat win the series because LeBron doesn't have, turns out the supporting cast, you know, ain't up to it. How will that affect how you view LeBron historically? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, that's a, that's a really good question. Um, because it's difficult now, isn't it? Like before, before LeBron won one, there was like this whole cottage industry of LeBron haters because he hadn't won. So you could talk about, oh, he doesn't have that. He didn't have that extra thing. He didn't have this. He's a brilliant talent, but he doesn't know how to win. So he wins the first one and wins the second one. And so that starts to go away a little bit, back to back. Now that he's won a third, 
Could he have a great series, averaging a triple-double, as you say, still lose the series, but go up in stature? I, I guess that's possible. But I'm looking at it. I don't think that's going to happen. But he doesn't go down. If they, if they lose, he doesn't go down for you. Doesn't go down. But I haven't considered it because I don't think it's going to happen. I think he's going to win. Yeah. They, they're going to win. And I think they're going to win quite easily. Well, that's so why... I do think, the, you do I think what? it's going to be a five-game I think it's going to be a five-game series. All right. But the reason I ask that's that... That's why what? Well, that, that's why I don't do championships. Um, I'm, I'm not saying they don't count. Of course they do. I mean, that's why they play. But in team sports, I try to evaluate all-time greats and rank them or Mount Rushmore or whatever you want to call it. I have my GOAT discussions. I try to exclude championships and certainly records and finals. You know, the 6-0... and that's the only argument I need, Sean. I just, I mean, because, all right, he goes, he, he wins six times in six trips to the finals. Without Magic playing a game nine. seven. Without playing a game, okay. But, I mean, is that, is Without that, playing a game seven. That's, but no, that's, I, a, great, I think that's, that's a great stat, but, but, that's, but that's, a, that's, his, that's a team accomplishment. I guess, let, let me just go across sports for a second, okay? So okay. Magic goes nine times and right. wins five. So where do you balance six times that you made it but other times you didn't at all. You went all six. And I'm a Jordan guy versus going nine times and winning five. You went nine times. So for LeBron, he's three, if he's three and six now. If he's three and seven or, or, or four and six, whatever four and the six. case may right. be at the, right. at the end of this series, whatever he is, it's like he went ten times. That's why I gave him his flowers earlier this week. I want to give him his flowers now because for me, it, I don't think – I don't think – is going to move the needle, whatever he does this week for me, because I recognize his greatness independent of what his team ends up accomplishing. Okay, but see, this is what you, it, this is why you can't you can't dismiss. I agree with you. You can't make not it. Dismissing. I'm not dismissing. I'm not dismissing right. I, the I know. championships. I know. Saying, you, you, it's not you, the end all be all for me. You can't just say, "Boom!" It's not your drop mic. Oh, six and zero. Oh, end of discussion. Yeah. It shouldn't be that. Yeah. Right. But it's not an insignificant thing either, because I'm gonna I'm gonna eliminate all the other sports just very quickly. Baseball, right. 25 guys done, 25 guys, and especially if you're not a pitcher. So if we we don't we don't say about a center fielder or a right fielder. He has won X amount of championships. Well, yeah, he's a right fielder, and who knows? They got a bad bullpen. Some, got guy, some guys I don't get know. that love though. Some guys who? Jeter gets that kind of love. Jeter, Jeter, Jeter did because Jeter gets that kind of just, love for ring. That's just New York. That's just the Yankees, yeah. you know. Yeah, that's just yeah. <laughs> that's just how they roll anyway. Right, but in right. baseball, it's it's difficult just to focus on one guy, one of twenty-five. Put that aside. Even in hockey, if you are a great talent in hockey, in a sixty-minute game, the best the best players are playing what 24, 25 20 minutes. minutes is yeah. a ton yeah. in hockey. Yeah, and you got you got twenty guys. Move that aside. Football even more interdependent. It's harder. But Doesn't stop him from doing it with quarterbacks, though. Doesn't stop him from doing it with quarterbacks, and you and I both know it. You mentioned Joe Montana. It was four well, for I do four it. was his I thing. do it. I know I do Brady, it. Brady, exactly. Brady, you know, yeah, that, and that's the one I wanted to focus on when I said across sports. Don't lose your train of thought, but Brady got six Super Bowls and is what, lost three? Is he lost three? Three. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So he's lost three, won six. The ones he lost easily could have won, okay? All and three the ones of them. he won. All three of them. The ones yeah. he won... Easily could have lost. lost. Could have lost half of them. Five of them. You know, yeah, yeah, whatever it is. You know what I mean? I mean, the first three were all Atlanta, three Seattle. Points. Right. I mean, come on. I mean, you know, Malcolm Butler gave him one. 
Kyle Shanahan and, and the Falcons give they, they gave him another. I mean, they didn't give it to him, but you understand no, what no, I'm they, saying. No, no, they did. They cursed. The curse. But it's a curse but, again. You know, color purple. There's a color purple curse. <laughs> you know, but it, but 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 at the end of the day, he's got six. But that's not why. I, that, that's not why Brady is my goal. But I do agree with you that it's not insignificant. I just can't start there or end there. But go ahead. You, you're saying something. You were saying no, too many but guys I'd in say, team sports. But, but, winning, but winning is a big part of it. All right, so this is why Michael Jordan 6-0 in the finals. 6-0 in the finals is more impressive than 5-4 and four for Magic Johnson. Okay. Not, I mean, you go and you don't lose. That's one. But you go six times. You're a six-time Finals MVP, and yeah. against some of the greatest players in the history of the game, Carl Malone was Carl Malone. Number, denied Carl Malone, what number denied two score? Him. Number two score in NBA history number two somewhere score, in there. Denied, denied him. Denied John him. Denied Stockton, the league. Stop it. Yep, Charles absolutely. Barkley, stop. Yep. Clyde Drexler. All ringless. How dare you be compared to me? I'm gonna shrug. Magic. <laughs> right. Big right. Magic. You know. So. Uh, that's a big. That's a big deal. Now, maybe it's not uh, 100, on the, but it's like 75. It's yeah. like 75 on the 100 point scale. That's a. That is probably the most impressive modern final stat, and the only one that's better so, is, okay. is Bill Russell from a different era. Okay. Right. So okay. So by, okay. By that rationale, let's unpack okay. this. Let's continue. Let's yep. continue down this rabbit hole. LeBron. Both wins and he's finals MVP again. So he will be a four-time MVP, four-time runner-up in the regular season. He will be a, if he wins, presumably he'll be finals MVP. He'll be a four-time finals MVP, correct, with four championships. All right. And we'll have all of his losses, whether it was to San Antonio or, um, you know, twice to go, was it two or three, three times to Golden State. Right, three times to go to state, um, and then no, it's twice San Antonio. The San Antonio and Cleveland twice worst team ever. Nobody worst yeah, team to go to the finals. Right. Nobody holds that against him. The only one that's Chris actually Haynes, Chris held Haynes forgot about him. that team. He forgot yeah. about that team. The only one that's actually about. held against him is Dallas because because he melted down against the Mavericks. That's the only one that's actually right. held Bad against. Used to, not, not even so much anymore. Not even so much anymore. But you look at the losses in the finals. Most people don't put that at the feet of the king, the, the one, except for Dallas. So if he's four-time finals MVP with four championships, four and six in the finals, that would be that's his resume if the Lakers handle business the way you think they will. You're telling me that that in its totality with everything else that LeBron has done, will you immediately in a week vault him ahead of Michael Jordan, who you just made the case for his 6-0 and with six finals MVPs? Being I said such I would, a, I, it's considered. It is not off the table. See, I, I'm not in that position. I know some people are like that. Like, well, forget it. Like Jordan, it can't. You can't challenge the throne. And that's that that's so, been me. That is so. Admittedly, that's I, been me. That's and, been now, me. Are you for like the most that? Part. Are you like that now? Are you still like that? No, I've said I've said several times. Thanks for listening. I've said several times since this show started <laughs> that <laughs> that I didn't account for the LeBron still being this, good, this on, long. Bro. I got a lot going on, man. Come on, come I on. Got give you. Me a break. No, I got you. No, but like, but look, I didn't account for LeBron being this good this long. So um, I, I'm I feel like I'm still there. But but again, sorry, not LeBron. But Jordan's six championships is not the thing that I'm holding on to. It's the player. It's the player, the all-around player, which I maintain gets lost in the debate. The all-around player that Michael Jordan was gets 
don't let this trigger you, underrated, whether it's mm -hmm. on a defensive end, as a passer, as, a as the greatest post player of, of all time. Got better post moves than anybody. Sorry, Akeem Elijah. Give, give me Michael Jordan's post moves. Um, you know, I, I still think I'm, I'm, I'm there, but I was so, listen, man, somebody, my boy pointed out to, to me the other day, he said that once upon a time, if we, if we really kind of like, you know, opening up the vault here and talking about, uh, talking about takes, Let's do it. there was a Come time on. and it was, I'm trying to think of when I, to, to prove to you that I can change my mind, to prove to you that okay. I can change my mind. I'm not stubborn. There was a time when I still had Larry Bird as my starting three. Like, and I, I, I was, you, and you couldn't tell me any different. And, and LeBron had won, I think, a couple of championships by then. LeBron had won titles. And you couldn't tell me that the baddest man on the planet in a league that had Magic and Isaiah Thomas, the baddest man on the planet at one time was Larry Bird playing basketball. He, he was, was the guy. He was. He really and, and, was. And I was like, that's my all-time starting forward. And then LeBron doing chase down blocks in game seven and spreading his wings and whatnot. I'm like, damn. So, I, you know, I think I'm a hold on to Jordan, but if he keeps just doing unbelievable things into his late 30s and adding championships, that's what championships yes. do start to come in. It's like, well, damn, I mean, like, how do you deny it? So I don't, you know, that that's why that was honestly, Michael, that was the inspiration behind the, the stuff I said the other day when I was like, Part of it is not just trying to, I'm not trying to settle the GOAT debate or end the GOAT debate for all of us. I'm trying to make peace with it within my own mind. I'm trying to say, you know what? Jordan's the best I ever saw. And in my mind, the best to ever do it. But there are so many people that will bring up Kobe and he's a different kind of GOAT. Maybe, you know, I, I do think he's in the conversation and that's honestly where it ends for me with Kobe. Rest in peace. But there are people yeah. that will bring up Kobe. There are people that will say it's, it's still Magic Johnson. Bill Russell with 11 championships. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Wilt Chamberlain. Now I'm just saying names of people that's, on, that's in this room, and at this, they got a seat at this table. They got a big, long, Last Supper-type yeah. table. Yeah. And if you ask me, Michael Jordan's sitting in the middle. Michael Jordan got Jesus' seat. I hope that's not taking the Lord's name in vain, but you understand where I'm going with this visual here, okay? Uh, uh, no, he got, he, said, Michael Jordan's in the middle. He said he got the seat. You said he got the seat. He got you didn't say it was oh, okay, Jesus. Okay, cool. And, and at this table... You know, you got Will, you got Magic, you got Larry, you got Kareem, you know, you got Kobe, you got right, Tim who's, Duncan. Who's the Judas? Who's Judas? Who's Judas? Who's Judas? Don't, don't do that. Because Judas was No, but you know, so, <laughs> I, I, but, I'm, but I'm trying, I, but the reason I brought up the Stevie versus Prince, yeah. you know, Michael versus LeBron thing is just like, that's the best way I can come to appreciate it without subjecting it to a debate. All right, I'll say two quick things here. Two quick things. One. On the on the Larry Boy Larry Bird anyway? which is a great one. Oh damn, what's four thirties? Go ahead, I'm sorry. Uh, whatever, man. We, Larry we, Bird, we're go talking. ahead. We're talking. All right. Yeah. On the Larry Bur Larry Bird point, that's a really good one, Mike. And you're you're right. He had that he had that thing for a while in the '80s. So three straight MVPs, and and I know a lot of people uh, of a certain age. Did I say '90s or '80s? What did I say? Did I say '90s? '80s. What did I say? Did I say '90s? Oh, I, I didn't don't know. Say you, 90s, you, did you, I? I don't oh. even think you said oh. a year. But I'm just saying the '80s, like three straight years. Yeah. He's MVP. And I know a lot of yeah. people of a certain age look at the 80s as the golden era of basketball. So in a league that had Doc, in a league, yep. Dr. J. Dr. J, right. right, so right. Dr. I know you met. <laughs> Dr. Dr. J and Kareem Isaiah. and Magic yeah. and Isaiah, yeah. Larry Bird yeah. holding it down, three straight championships. <clears throat> but what's so difficult for some people is to look at that because it's a different style of basketball. Like Larry Bird, as nice as he was from range— 
Larry Bird didn't shoot threes. I mean, I like that. They I think the have, most. Yeah. When, when, he, when he came I, into the league, they didn't have threes, did they? Did he have threes? And, and that wasn't just a part of it. I think the most threes he shot in the season for a season. Think about this. Yeah. Like 200. Yeah. Like James James Harden said, man, uh-huh. I can do that in 15 games. <laughs> when did the three point line come in? When did the three point line come in? It might have been right it, when it yeah, came it still in. It wasn't a part. It came, yeah, it was like, eight, like 80, 81. Okay. So, you know, so that, yeah, but to your point, the ABA that, had it wasn't it. the. Yeah. Yeah, the ABA had it. But it wasn't it wasn't the game wasn't built around threes, but we know that Larry Bird was one of the best shooters of all time. Yeah. yeah. He was nice with it. He was nice, but that wasn't part of his game. So it came in in 79. His rookie 79, year. Okay. Along with uh, along with Magic. Okay. So that's yeah. one. But but here here's the other thing about LeBron that's really scary. And this is why I am open. The 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 debate door is wide open. A real debate. Okay, it is wide open. LeBron's getting better. LeBron is getting Smarter. better. Like some of the yeah, things, some of the things you said, smart. some of the things we said about LeBron in 2011. Can you imagine mm-hmm. in 2020 saying, "In the fourth quarter, LeBron kind of shies away." No, nobody says that. Yeah. So he had been in his at that point. That was his second Finals appearance when they when they lost to the Mavericks. So the second time in the finals, people were two of ten. People were saying, hey, he kind of shrinks in the fourth quarter. You don't say that now. It's foolish to say that about LeBron James. He's not slowing down. Nobody is catching up with him. Nobody is yeah. really, you don't look at somebody and say, oh, that guy's better than LeBron James. How he, long is how long he's can not he, at, he's not at the height of his athletic prowess, but he's not, he's not the same, but he's he, I'm like, he's not the same guy. Physically, very, very close, but so much smarter. He just had the best fourth quarter of a closeout game that he's Watch ever out. had. Watch out, man. And he's in the conversation. Watch out, Miami Heat. 35. Thanks for coming, Miami Heat. Thanks for coming. So, Doc in Philly. Um, Shams reported earlier that he is to meet with the 76ers, who looked like they were narrowing in. Uh, narrowing their focus to Mike D'Antoni. Um, what do you think about Doc and Philly? That's a fit for you? I don't think so. Hmm. I don't think so. Uh, I think if you're Doc Rivers, and I like the way uh, Vinny Goodwill put it the other day, he said, put some lotion on those vocal cords. Got a couple years left on the contract. I don't. Wait, time out, time out, time out. I'm glad you said that. I'm really glad you said that. I don't. I don't like that. Because I don't, is that just a figure, that's a figure of speech, right? Figure of speech, figure of speech. Figure okay, okay, speech. just make it sure, because every time I hit it, I'm like, that don't sound healthy. That's like, you know what I mean? Like, just like, you know, you know I've, heard, I've heard of people eating Vaseline, I've heard of that, but like, not nah, like, like lotion on vocal cords, like, that, no. That sounds some nasty, teeth, some, right. Some, some throat coat or something, coat your throat yeah. or something, but not Somebody like, okay, but anyway, throat. go ahead, sorry. Yeah. Something in his throat. Anyway, don't, but he, he doesn't have to. He doesn't have to. He's got a couple years left on his contract. And he's, he could go on TV tomorrow, as I said, and be great at that. I think for, for Doc Rivers, he's got to go to a situation that makes sense for him. And I look at Philadelphia, I don't think, I don't think that's a great team for him. You got Embiid and you got Simmons, right? They got, a, they got Al Horford on a bad contract. Mm-hmm. And he he did not do well in his first year in Philly. So that's a big contract. Think about all the big contracts they have. Right. Tobias Harris has a big contract. How, how many teams has Tobias Harris played for? Five, six? 
Hey, Doc saw him in the clip with the Clippers. Right. So he's already seen Tobias Harris. So Tobias Harris, Josh Richardson, Al Horford. Those are three large contracts. Yeah. They got. Uh, they don't really have an outside shooter. The Their Simmons best outside shooter dynamic. might be Embiid. Yeah. But well, yeah, the Embiid, Tobias Harris. The the um, the Simmons Embiid dynamic is is dysfunctional potentially on and off the court, depending on what you read. Yeah, I don't like, I like their talent individually. I don't like their team. And here's, this is what Doc has to look out for. If I'm him, this is what I'm doing going forward. So he was a coach in Orlando. He was, he had no executive power and they have a 10 game losing streak. Bye-bye Doc. See you later. Goes to Boston. He decides to leave. He could have stayed in Boston forever. He had no executive power though. That's Danny Ainge's joint. So he leaves, he goes to the Clippers, he has some executive power in the beginning, and then it was stripped away, and look what happened. They said goodbye. So the guy he brought in, this is crazy, the guy he brought in, Lawrence Frank, Lawrence Frank, yep. Was part of the leadership team that pushed him out the door. They said that was just Balmer, though, just to be fair. They said that was just Balmer, that it was Balmer's decision alone is what the word is. Okay, that's the word. But I mean, and listen, I don't, I don't want to put it, I don't, want, I don't want to put his people on blast. But Chris said that the front office told him Doc was safe. Chris has, Chris has sources at the highest level. Right. I'm just putting two and two together. I gotta imagine it's either Lawrence Frank or somebody close to Lawrence Frank that gave him that impression. Chris Haynes. But if if, if I'm getting the boot, what I'm thinking is, I don't trust nobody. Okay, I don't trust nobody. Well, well where's he going to go that's going to give him that kind, of, that kind of power? Well, that's what you, okay, fine. You don't want to give me that. If I can't get that right now, then maybe this is not the time for me to get into coaching. You doesn't have to run back in there. I don't there. think he would ever get that again. Why not? I don't think he would ever get that again. And, and it's, and not, listen, it's not a, a doc thing. I just, it's not a doc thing. I just don't think many people should have it. I don't think many coaches should have uh, GM power along with along with coaching. Not many guys can cut it doing both. You know, you're talking about ba- you're talking about in basketball, specifically in basketball. Perhaps less so okay. in football, but mo- but mostly in basketball. It seems to be a, a separation of church and state seems necessary for success. Well, for okay, okay. Not many, not many have it. You know, the 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 most high profile example, I guess, would be Greg Popovich. Where he's not right. the general but manager, RC Buford, yeah, the general yeah. manager. RC Buford is, but 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 Pop is, yeah. But they're in such they're in such lockstep until you you barely notice the difference. I, listen, Doc can do television. We know that he can do that, and he can literally roll out of bed. Don't even have to great lotion his it. vocal cords. He can roll he's, out of bed. He's and, great and at it. His sleep, and he make a lot of money doing it. He could he could collect Steve Ballmer's money, make a lot of money on television, uh, recharge his batteries, take the sabbatical that I advocated for him to to take, and. Maybe really, he was such a, a powerful and profound voice in the bubble, as he's always been on racial justice, maybe take that to another level. And we joking about him being, you know, our, our unofficial black president. But yeah, I mean, maybe he could actually uh, lean more. Again, I'm not obligating him to do so, but if he so chose, he could be a very impactful voice, uh, an individual and an influencer when it comes to uh you know, to the movement for black lives. So, but if he's interested in Philadelphia and from Philadelphia's standpoint, I would take Doc Rivers over Mike D'Antoni, although I've been somebody who's defended Mike D'Antoni over the years and thinks he gets a bad rap. Um, if I'm Doc and I want to coach, I'm going to just put my, I'm going to pretend I'm Doc. I'm Doc. Right. And 
I thought you I was coach, safe. Just you like you said you want to coach. You want to coach. And I want to coach this year. This year. I want to coach right now. I'm not ready I mean, to the step 20, aside. The 2021 season. Yeah, I'm a, I want to continue coaching just like right. the media. I thought that I was going to be uh, with the Clippers. I thought we were going to run it back one more year. I was going to have a normal year potentially to try to win a championship in LA. But I was caught off guard like the rest of y'all. It even was mutual. Hey, now I'm on the street. I'm interested in meeting with Philly um, and potentially some other gigs. I jump at the opportunity to coach in Philly, man. Like Doc in Philly just feels but like why, a, fit, but okay, tell, a perfect but tell, fit for me. Tell me why that's a tell me why that's a, a great right. job or a great situation okay. for Doc. I'll tell you why it's a great. I'll tell you why it's a great job and a great situation. If it was a perfect situation, let's start with this. If it was a perfect situation, it probably wouldn't be vacant. Let's start with that. All right, because even whoever right. fills Doc's shoes, who, who, whoever right. fills Doc's shoes in LA, not isn't exactly why it's a great job in a great situation. If it was a perfect situation, let's start with this. If it was a perfect situation, it probably wouldn't be vacant. Let's start with that. All right. Yep. This year, so you Mike's, got one shot to get it done in LA. Yeah. All right. So, oh, did I lose you? No, no. It was just uh, we. Like, we, we we had, we, you're you. back in it. It was just like a, it was just like a technical glitch, something like that. I can't hear you. Go ahead. Just, oh, oh good. Go. I got you back. I got I got I you back. Say, it you was can't quick. hear me. I, got I was you about back. to say some. I was about to say some outrageous wait, 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 stuff up in here. Okay, wait, wait, oh, oh, <laughs> wait. What I was about to say? Load the magazine. Hold on for a second. Let me just finish this last point. So what I'm saying about Doc though is, it's not a perfect situation. I get you. Bad contracts, bad chemistry. We're talking about a chemist when it comes to Doc Rivers for the most part. A lot of people will point to what he couldn't do with this Clippers locker room in one year under trying circumstances. But you, better than anybody, know what he did with personalities back in Boston. So he can manage personalities with the best of them. That's number one. Number two, you have one of the best centers in basketball to build around in Joel Embiid, okay? We figure out what to do with Bill Simmons. Man, but Philadelphia, man, we talk about iconic franchises, Okay. There are only a couple of franchises that, to me, define professional basketball. It, it might just be three of them. I know the Knicks fans like to think they're in that conversation. Um, but to me, it's the Lakers, the Celtics, and the Sixers are the defining franchises of, of NBA history for me. Michael Jordan's Bulls, for an era, certainly that dynasty helps to define NBA history. And you had the Pistons dynasty and obviously the Spurs. Mm-hmm. Or less. But when you want to talk about, like, the, the, the teams that, you know, <laughs> that get your attention, that when they yeah. come calling, that, that city, that culture, that market, I, if I'm Doc, I want to be a part of that. I want to be a part of this. And, frankly, I want to be in that division coaching against Boston. You know? Why? I, 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 want, I, want, I, want that. I want to be a part of that rivalry from the other side. You know? Um, mm. Glenn Doc Rivers coaching in Philly just feels like a, a, a good marriage for me. So, I would, you know, as a basketball fan, I like to see it. And if Doc wants it, I think it's as good as any situation in terms of talent that's going to come around. I mean, at the end of it, because you also got to understand, too, man, I was a process guy. I was a big process guy. You, you might not oh, know you this that? you weren't doing TV at the time. Oh, I you was all that? in on the process. You bought that whole thing? Ooh. Why does that surprise you? The fran- the, oh, yeah. Your, your favorite true. franchise mode geek. Why, why would it surprise yeah. you that I wouldn't be in on the pro- that I would be in on the process? Of course, that's how I would build a team. <laughs> that's what I would do. Just go ahead. Now, just go ahead and, and, and tank for a few years and, and hope you get some chips. You and, know, and start yeah, to build. You know, and so and, 
they end up with Embiid out of some luck. But yeah, go ahead. I, I, I see it. I, I can no, see this. I, no, I think I think you're right about uh, Philadelphia. I might add I might add the Knicks to that, even though they haven't won a championship in a very long time. Sure. But those franchises that go that go way back. You, you you look at those grainy black and white films, and you see some of the great players in the history of the game. So that's fine. The history of Philadelphia. That's not what I'm concerned about. I'm concerned about contemporary the Philadelphia. <laughs> right, no, the contemporary the Philadelphia. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what the yeah. front office structure is. I don't know if I'm comfortable with that. Yeah. I told you yeah. how uncomfortable I am with their talent. And then ownership. I don't know enough about ownership. I, I think Doc, I think his best play is to sit there and, and wait. Because he's got a few yeah. teams to kind of get by. All right, Miami in the East. You got Miami in the NBA Finals. They're not old. Jimmy Butler's not past his prime. They, they might be back in it. The Celtics, they got a young core. They might be back in it. Milwaukee, we've totally forgotten about Milwaukee. They still have Giannis. So, not like he's going to go to the East and get, even if he gets Philadelphia figured out, is Philadelphia better than those teams? They just got swept yeah. by the Celtics in the bubble. Yeah. They got swept. Hey, and I'll tell you what else, too, man. You know, Things change quickly in this league, as you know. Not wishing that anybody gets fired, but when you said Milwaukee, kind of a you know a light bulb went off in my head. Yeah, that would be a like, good fit for him. And it may not be now, but if if Budenholzer don't get it done next year, depending on what happens with Giannis, obviously, maybe he's like, yo, I want to go coach the two-time MVP, you know. Um, and then another one, another example. For, you know, I mean, who knew the Clippers' job was going to come open? But I, I think back to—I'm not saying this job will come open, but opportunities just open up, and you just never know. So, once upon a time, you know, Steve Kerr, when he—I think he was doing TV at the time. I, I don't, yeah, he had, he had stopped being a GM in Phoenix. He was doing TV at the time. His mentor Phil Jackson comes calling. He doesn't go to the Knicks. He goes to the Warriors, who get rid of Mark Jackson, and the rest is literally NBA history. So you could have opportunities open up in the future. I mean, look, I don't think I don't think Steve Nash a year ago thought he'd be coaching Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving right now. Um, right. So, yeah, it, it may make sense. It may, may, may make a lot of sense. I, I, I still think about Philadelphia them. is a good job. Um, but it, I think if you're Doc, who, by the way, I didn't realize this. I knew he won a lot of games, but I didn't realize this. I think he, I, I read this earlier. He's four wins short of being number 10 all time. He's almost in the top 10 all time wins. Yeah, he's four wins short. So if you're yeah. Doc, as we've said the last couple of days, no shortage of opportunities now and next year if he decides to sit. There it is. Look at that. Hey, man, you asked for it and you get it right there. Look at those numbers. Get a drummer. I, I, give me the get a drummer some. When I say when I say play a horn, that, because our staff is like that. Our staff, they just uh, they just they on it like that. Um, How about that last stat though? Hey, you know. But, <laughs> Put that, put that full screen up one more time. One more time. You know, listen. Uh, you know, I can't. Okay, here, here. I'm trying to show you my resume. I'm looking for a job. I got 943 career wins. That's I was a, complete, a coach of the year. That's a complete picture. That's the whole I was story. A you got to tell the whole I story. I was a champion. I finished top three in the conference. And I'm the only coach in NBA history. Like, why you put that on there? <laughs> yeah, they should say two, two finalists. Should say two final, two time finalists. Because look, think about how close he is seven two championships. Why you bring up the past like that? Think about how close he is seven two championships. Think about that. 
How, yeah, remember 2010? That wasn't uh they were up three they were up three two in that one. They were up three two. Not three one. They were up three two. Not three one. Ask, three two. Ask O'Shea Jackson Jr. about that one. Oh, I'm sure he's ready to come back soon. You know, Mike, I was looking at my very dated uh, iPhone here that you've made fun of many times. Hey, it's my wife. Um, mm-hmm. I was looking at my dated iPhone and I uh, noticed that today is September 30th. That it mean is. anything to you? Does that date mean anything? It does. It does. Um, I'm going to put you on the spot. Do you remember the anniversary of your first date with Oni? Your first date. Not your wedding anniversary, your first date. Yes. Well, you know what? But I can cheat. I have to cheat and find it. You know why? The first date, Hmm. it was a Uh Rams, it was a Rams Seahawks playoff game. Uh, Okay. And and Matt Hasselbeck probably remembers it because uh, Bobby Ingram dropped a touchdown in the end zone. But you don't remember the actual date, date. But you have a but you have a device. You have a mnemonic yes. device, I think it's called. Yes. Yeah, okay. So that the reason I asked that is I remember I love my wife. We have been married for 15 years now. My wedding anniversary is July 15th, but the anniversary of our first date is September 30th, 2001. And it's not because I have such a great memory. It's not because I'm such a romantic. I, I do love my wife oh. tremendously. The oh, reason that's a bad family. Look at yeah, that. That's, uh, that, that's, that, that. Those are the Smiths. That's, y'all met Maya the other day. That's Mason and that's uh, Savannah and, of course, Sarah. Um, that, that, yeah, listen, they're not here if not, if not for September 30th, 2001. That's how you bring it full circle. The reason I remember it, because it was the, it's the anniversary of Tom Brady's first start with the New England Patriots, a 44-6 to win against the Colts in Foxborough Stadium. Uh, Something like that. And I remember it. I was the <laughs> I was at the Boston Globe, and I covered that game, and then I hopped in the car, and I hightailed it from Foxborough to Cambridge. Was it, was, that, was it at the Lizard Lounge? Were you performing at the Lizard Lounge in Cambridge? Yep. And then I took my wife out to dinner, uh, and the rest is history. So thankfully, I made a good impression. Thankfully, you introduced me to my wife, sort of, as we all know. She ran up on us in the church parking lot and that's didn't right. really know you like that, but wanted to say didn't hi to me. Like and so that's right. how, yeah, you know, so she don't, used don't you pretend. to get to don't me. Don't pretend. Listen, don't pretend like you want to talk to me. You had many opportunities no, to talk she, to me. She's, in, don't she's in denial about it. I'm like, why are you being old-fashioned? I like a woman that knows what she wants. Quit being old-fashioned. But yeah, September 30th, 2001, first date, and, fifth, you know, was it 19 years later? Here we are. Now, you said you said you, you made Tom a good Brady. impression. Yeah, yeah, Brady, there yeah. it is. Yeah, you said you made a good Tom impression. Brady. The GOAT, six, six championships and one marriage responsible for it. Go ahead, what's up? Did she say that? Did she say that immediately? Like, did you know? Was it just like one of those, you can help somebody right here today because, you know, as you said, you've been together, that's 19 years ago. Beautiful family. Yeah. But did you know immediately? Because some people think, oh, it's just got to be fireworks immediately. I just knew. Did, did yeah. You know? Did I know she was the one or did I know that she knew that I was the one? Oh, either one. Um, no. The, the, the honest answer is no. I mean, obviously, I dug her. Um, and I knew she was feeling me and we dated for a while. But there was a moment where we did break up for a second. I don't remember why. What? But I will, if you want me to put you up on game... I will say I how I know I got her back. There are two ways to a woman, okay? 
Oh, now, okay. Mr. Clarence and coming to America right, me, will tell oh, you. Oh, let, let me get my notebook. Let me get my notebook. Mr. Clarence will, from coming to America will tell you, you want to get, get get to an American girl, you go through her papa. And you home free, like a boy. So I had Eddie Owens already. But the right. real key, you know where I'm going with this, the real key oh, you know, to a woman's I'm listening. Heart. And if, and if you want to make this woman feel bad for leaving you, is you get her friends. I had her friends from Jump Street. I was, her friends were like, girl, what you doing? Are you crazy? You better not mess it up with that man. That man got a job. He got income got coming in. He look good. He ain't got, got no credit. He ain't got no outside kids. He ain't been to jail. <laughs> You're a black that. man. He's a black woman. I mean, you're a black. You're a black woman. He's a black man. He likes sisters. I mean, her her friends got us back together. If you there want to tell is. the whole story, we, their friends got us back together. So shout out to Nicole, Christine, Eno, and Yoka for setting her straight because she tried to break up with me for a second, but she saw the light and bam. So that's you got to do. Take care of the friends. Take them all out to yeah. brunch. That's Show right. Show the friends what kind of man you are. You know, and, they, and, and you in there. You in like you in like Flynn. You, uh, you, you said she tried to break up. You were like, I'm not going. You start, you start singing. <laughs> now I got to go, go here. She about, you know she about go. to cuss me out now, right? She about to cuss oh, me yeah. out. I'll let you know how it goes. That's, that's for you to deal with. <laughs> I hope I see you tomorrow. Rack your look for spring at Nordstrom Rack. And save up to 60% on brands you love. Rag & Bone, Vince, Marc Jacobs, Adidas, Joe's, and more. Great brands, great prices every day at Nordstrom Rack. Score new dresses, denim, sandals, designer bags, and sunglasses. Plus, updates for the family and home. Get your spring on for less, up to 60% less, today at your Nordstrom Rack store. What will you find? Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.